Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. He's Joe, I'm Brad. Joe, you grew up in church, right? I did. In Not a... like literally. <laughs> oh, okay. You had a house, but you attended yes, church. Yes, on, cool. on a regular. Okay. Do you remember as a kid, because church is weird, it's its own little culture, oh, do you remember whack. as a kid any funny stories, things that I mean, happened at church? I don't even know where to start. Let Our me start church. with one and then you, you can think one? about it, because I'm sure you have I, a million. Uh, I remember being a kid and we were at church and this guy was leading a prayer and he just kept calling God daddy over and over again. And I was like, who is this daddy you speak of? <laughs> who are you talking about? So a, weird. My, the church I grew up in was just, yeah, super weird. Like the pastor was this most generous guy ever. And he would take people in off the streets and let them live in their house, which is oh. really cool. Super generous to homeless people. But I remember this one guy, like he had a ravenous dog that was tied up on the like door of the church like and going outside you're like trying to stay away from Barry's dog who would eat you alive probably the best is the prayer request in the middle of the service where a guy raises his hand during you know, the, like during the music during yeah, the no, sermon I mean, like, something I guess smaller churches maybe old school it's like you could take a prayer request like oh. you know let's take prayer requests or let's give testimonies and this guy oh got it gives a testimony prayer request I'm not sure what and he told him, told the whole congregation, all 78 of us, that God spoke to him. And the reason he knew that God spoke to him is the sensation in his groin. <laughs> and we, oh, we, we debated whether the sensation in his lower hemisphere <laughs> was, was in fact God the Lord speaking. Or something else. I, I doubt it was God. Okay. Yeah, church is weird. That's a good one. That's a good one. So you're, you're growing up in church as a kid, and your parents, my parents, doing the best they can do, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we're parents, and lots of people out there are parents, and you think about our kids and making them a part of the church. And one of the things I hear people ask a lot is, how do I help? I mean, their heart is, how do I help Find, my kids find Jesus, but in a lot of ways, they're, they're trying to find this balance of, do I force religion on my kids? Mm -hmm. Do I give them complete freedom just to make whatever decision they want? Or is there somewhere in between? Mm -hmm. And we're in this sermon series called Awkward Cousin, right? We're trying to figure out all these relational things. And something that's awkward is just trying to lead our kids. We're doing the best that we can, mm -hmm. but what should we be doing as parents? Again, forcing our kids to... Of course. <laughs> of course. Right? It always works well. I mean, isn't there verses in the Bible that yes. say, "Force your children"? Yeah. As for me and my house, we yes. will serve the Lord. <laughs> yes. Right? We yes. can quote all kinds of Bible verses. We're going to spank Jesus into everybody. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I think depending on where you are in your parenting, I'm not sure I I have any good parenting advice <laughs> to give to anyone. Wow. Okay. Right? Depending on what's happening at home. Sure. But yes, as parents, it's interesting to think about wanting a heart's desire for our kids to follow Jesus and what is our role in making that happen. And certainly I think parents have been awkward yeah. in trying to force Jesus into their kids in a way that's like, so clearly this isn't going to help. Right. So, And in some ways, hopefully, often with the best of intentions, mm -hmm. 
right? I mean, because you go, oh man, if I believe the Bible, if I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one gets to God but through him, I want my kids to know mm -hmm. Jesus because I want them to have a relationship with the Lord. It means eternal life and it means yep. peace in this life and contentment and salvation, right? So it's like, I would do anything, in one sense, you go, I would do anything mm -hmm. to get my kids to have a relationship with Jesus. Yep. And that's gone off the rails. Oh, absolutely. For, for all of, of us. Huh? I mean, I think we all could, for, I think first of all, acknowledging the heart's desire, super important. Who wouldn't want their kids to follow Jesus, right? right. Exactly what you just said. Right. But then realizing like, how much can we, asking the question, how much can we actually control that? Right. I mean, for you, we both grew up in churches. How much did our parents actually control? What things did they do oh. that would help? Sure. What things did they do that would hinder? But did was it actually because of something my mom or dad did that I became mm -hmm. a follower of Christ? Mm -hmm. That I chose to follow Christ? I mean, I know for me, it was a lot of circumstances in my life and a lot of, in some ways, a lot of the hardship of my life that caused me to, to really decide probably around my sophomore, junior year in high school that I, I really wanted to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Had I put my trust in Jesus before that? Probably. I mean, I don't know exactly when and where, yeah. but I really decided because of some things that were happening, it was hard in school, some relationships with girls that were hard, friendships that were hard, just stuff in my life that were hard. And that's what caused me to really say, I want to follow. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you. How much did your parents actually influence? What did they do to get you to be the teaching pastor yeah. that you are today? Well, I mean, maybe it's easy to sit here now and look back and mm -hmm. say they set an example that, that yeah. got me there. But in the moment, what were the things they were doing to make me mm -hmm. have a faith in Jesus? I mean, there's nothing they could do in right? a sense, right? And so even for me as a parent, and, and my kids are younger than in yours, and so we're in different stages of this journey mm -hmm. in some ways, but it's like, I... My kids are getting old enough now where I'm realizing, like, I actually can't save my kids. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's yeah. actually the Lord. That's a hard place to be. Mm -hmm. So I think of it's really just the example over mm -hmm. time that I was seeing, but nothing specific. And in some ways, I didn't see it until, and maybe it didn't have an effect until much later. Yep. So where you say, like, you got serious about your faith in high school, mine was not till like, my mid-20s, probably. And was I a Christ follower before that? Yes. But to get really serious about it. Mm -hmm. And then it's in that time that I can look back and say, man, these are the things that my folks did that mm -hmm. set me up to be here today in some ways. So in, just in the whole parenting dialogue with our children, what are the things that we can control and what are the things that we can influence? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we have a lot less control in every area as parents than we think. And yeah. we have a lot more influence probably than we realize. Mm -hmm. And so just maybe separating Less control that out <clears throat> and more influence. influence. So how do we influence our kids? And <clears throat> just like every aspect of work ethic and family expectations, right? Obviously parents have an enormous role mm -hmm. in the development of children into adulthood. But can you actually control whether your mm. kid likes the Pittsburgh Steelers or yeah. doesn't? Right. I mean, no. Or what college they're going to ultimately go to, what career path they're going to choose. Know, you all love the, the Pittsburgh, not you. But yeah. like, I love the New York Yankees. Do I have control over my kids loving the New York Yankees? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things I love in life. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, I think because I love them, they're better than anything else. But do I really have the ability to control? I think I have a lot less control than I realize. So I was thinking about. I've been thinking about this a lot um, 
and trying to go to the Bible and go, okay, what what is the balance of giving my kids freedom to make their own choices but influencing them? I'm just, I, I had some ice, so I had to chew it. It's great. It's a good sound effect on camera. <laughs> so everybody goes to Deuteronomy. Oh, have some mixed nuts. Deuteronomy 6, right? It's sort of the parenting passage in a way, Deuteronomy oh. 6. Mm-hmm. So, the Shema. Yeah, the Shema. Good. Good Hebrew. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Uh, these are your commands. I impress on you today. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're at home and you walk along and you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on your doorposts. I, so I, I hear that. That's sort of the, the ultimate parenting passage in a way, right? None of that has anything to do with what my, I make my kids do. Right. It has to do with me. Mm-hmm. This is a passage of, to use your words, this is a passage of influence, mm-hmm. not of control. Mm-hmm. This is like the best thing you can do for your kids is you have a relationship with Jesus and that's in some ways, as much as you can do. I think it's, you're spot on. And like a real relationship with Jesus. Yes. And a real relationship with Jesus means you're screwing up left and right and mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It isn't just all the good stuff of, right. I trust you, God, and I'm obeying your commands. It's, I'm trusting you and I'm obeying you, and I'm failing as a husband, as a father, as a person, as a worker, and I'm asking God to forgive me and change me a real relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Talk about awkward, making your kids think that you have it all together spiritually and thinking yeah. that's gonna influence them to yeah. following Jesus instead of realizing, no, this relationship I have with God includes a lot of failure, more than successes, and I'm gonna be open with my kids about that. I think we'd rather just say, you should go to church every week. That's a lot easier than actually doing what Deuteronomy 6 is teaching. Mm-hmm. Walking with God mm-hmm. every day through the ups and downs and lessons. In front and of your kids. In front of your kids in a way that's authentic. Yeah. That has more influence than saying, you better make sure you read your Bible or memorize verses or whatever the action item you could do to control them. Mm-hmm. And again, this passage from God doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. It talks about you and me as parents. This is what you do in your walk with Jesus. I mean, I think one of the things that's awkward is parents will say to kids, I've done it, you've probably done it, my parents, you know, the Bible is the most important thing to read, or Jesus is the most important thing. But we don't actually live as if the Bible is a priority mm-hmm. and Jesus is a priority. Talk about awkward. Like our kids can't see right. whether we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, do your kids see you pull out your Bible once a week on Sundays? Mm-hmm. Or do they see you're someone that actually uses God's word in your daily life? Because mm-hmm. if you don't, and yet you teach them, the Bible's this really is what important. what we do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the Bible's important to dad and mom when they go to church on Sunday. They might pull it out when the preacher says, turn on your Bible. Right. But they never use it any other day of the week. Or we never That's talk good. about Jesus or sing about Jesus or pray to Jesus except when we go to church on Sunday. So parents will think they're controlling by, I'm raising my kids up to be good followers of Christ. And they watch, our kids watch us go into church. We do whatever we do for 60 or 90 minutes. We go home and we don't talk about Jesus or live like Jesus or follow Jesus or open the Bible ever, except, well, what do you think you're raising up? A generation of people that they think, check the box, I go to church on Sunday. Right. And how many families have been in that situation? Right. So turn this, just turn this a little bit. So for the person who's watching who goes, I thought I did everything right. Everything right. I, I, I had the best of intentions. 
and my kids have gone in a completely different direction than what I had hoped for them from a faith standpoint. I had them in church. I thought I was showing them mm -hmm. what it looked like to walk with Jesus. And from my seat as parent, they've sort of gone off the rails. Talk, talk to that, yeah. that person. I mean, I, I think it just goes back to at the end of the day, what can I influence? And what can I control? I can control myself and my beliefs and my actions. I can't control anyone else's. So it's really hard because we want control over our kids' faith and our, the outcome of our kids' lives. I mean, this is general parenting altogether, yeah. right beyond faith. And it's like, I can't control that. I can influence that. And stop putting so much pressure on yourself that it's like, if you really parent well, if you really model your faith well, then your kids will, as if it's a formula. Yeah, right. I mean, God made us to make choices. Yes. We each have to make choices. So I think it's like, take that pressure off as if you could do it right or do it wrong. And that's what's going to get your kid to follow Jesus. Like, I don't think it works that way. Because if you do everything right, it's still not you that saves them. And if you get the outcome that you want, it's not you that saved them. No. It's God. So why would you? Why are you taking the blame as parent if they've or the credit? Different exactly. You don't get the credit. So why would you put that blame on yep. yourself? Like shame yourself with that? Like I must have done. But something I think a wrong. lot of parents watching do that, do that. and feel that. Yeah. I mean, I always look at the example of God in the garden, the perfect father, and they rebelled against oh, good. him. Yep. So it's like if you're the perfect mom or dad and your kids rebel, I guess you're in good company with God, right? It's like the reality is. It's not formulaic. And I also think we need to take a wider angle view, mm -hmm. right? I don't know when my children will die, but between now and when they die, I would like them to have faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard because we're just looking at little moments in time. Right. We're looking at pictures, right? right? We're like pulling out a picture of their teen years or here's a picture when they were a real little kid and look at Johnny read his Bible and put his hope in Jesus at seven or eight or 10. That's a cool picture. And then you put that down and you pick up the picture of them at 11. Oh, that's cool. They're going to youth group. And then you pick up the picture of high school. Whoa, they're going to church, but maybe doesn't look like that picture looks much like a crap. And then I pick, pick up a picture of college and depending on what goes on in college and in their early 20s and early 30s, it's like I need a picture of every aspect along and zoom out and go, I want to see the film of right. my children and focus on the big picture, not because that's what God does with me, you and me. He doesn't zoom in on one snapshot. If my life was one snapshot, there's some really bad snapshots right. instead of the grace of God covers from beginning yeah, to end. end. So how do we have a long-term view of parenting and say, you know what? As a parent, I may not even see my children mm -hmm. follow mm -hmm. in this life. I mm -hmm. might be long gone, mm -hmm. but my legacy and my hope is that I live in such a way while my kids are alive to, that they see a real authentic faith. But take the pressure off everybody. Zoom out, look at the whole life, yeah. not just at a time. Right? Okay. And it's not about all the behavior stuff as much as what does it look like to coach the heart of a child okay. to say, I trust you, I want to put my faith in you, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Take the pressure off. I think that helps. Do you have any more stories about the guy with the word of the Lord in his groin? <laughs> no? Let's stop there. See you next time on Real Talk.